Hello everyone, and uh, I want to say thank you all uh, for listening to the Christian Bible Study Ministry Podcast, and I, I am hopeful you will be blessed by listening to this program. Um, this is, is something that I'm glad to be able to do. I'm glad to preach, and uh, I do believe this is what God has called me to do. And uh, people, I just want to say, uh, you know, God knows your struggles, uh, he also knows what he has called you to do. Um, you know, we all have different spiritual callings, but in a way, you know, we all have the same one, and that is to stand. And that is what uh, we will be uh, learning about uh, today. And uh, so. If you would uh, take your Bible and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, we're not going to cover the whole entire thing because I know it's uh, it, it's a lot of material. Uh, there's a lot of different things that uh, can be uh, preached about here. But uh, 1 Samuel 17, uh, verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Sokka and Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Damim between Sokka and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits in a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves, and the bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. Uh, His shield bearer went ahead of him, In other words, Goliath was a very big man, and I'm not exactly sure of the modern equivalence of these weights and stuff, but, uh, you know, Goliath's height has been given anywhere from well over six feet to uh, somewhere around nine feet. Um, It all depends on the uh, definition of a cubit in a span, I guess. Uh, So, Goliath was a very big man, you know, especially compared to the Israelites. And, uh, yeah, the Israelites were afraid of him because he was so much bigger than they were. And uh, I have no question that he was a very fierce-looking guy. And uh, verse 8, verse 8, we read that uh, Goliath came and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you are not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defied the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. They were scared. They let their fear get you know, get the better of them. And, uh, you know, Goliath and his fellow Philistines had nothing but contempt for God and his people. Uh, and his people. 
he defied God when he challenged Israel. You know, he was standing in arrogant defiance, and he was totally sure that he would beat the Israelite uh, who who came before him. You know, he was he had no respect for the people of God. Verse twelve. Uh, now David was the now David was the son of an Ephrathite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time he was very old. Uh, Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. The firstborn was Eliab, the second Abinadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. Uh, the three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And so we, there was David, you know, Je, the son of Jesse of Bethlehem. Uh, his sons had gone to war with the Philistines. David was the youngest of the bunch and was just a shepherd. Uh, you know, I'm sure no one thought much of his abilities as a soldier. Um, you know, he just was not, he did not look like the soldier type, I guess you could say. Uh, verse 16 for 40 days the Philistine came forward and uh, he came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. You know, Jesse had his shepherd's son bring food to his brethren soldiers. You know, again, he had not thought of his youngest son as even being a soldier. You know, he just had him go bring some food to him and see how they were doing and want him to come back home. Uh, verse 20. Early in the morning, David left the flock of the care uh, in the care of a shepherd loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed he reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions shouting the war cry Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other David left his things with the keeper of supplies ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Again, they were terrified of him. They let their fear get a hold of them, and they did not, you know, they, they just let their fear uh, get the best of them. Verse 25. Now, the Israelites have been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the man standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what had been saying and what they had been saying and told him, This is what will be done for the man who kills him. Verse twenty eight When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom 
did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is, and you came down only to watch the battle. Now, see, even David's brother did not think of him as a soldier. He just thought that David wanted to skip work, you know, and just go watch the fight. I guess maybe kind of be entertained, maybe. I don't know. But, he, you know, he was not looked at as a soldier or a fighting man by even his own brothers. Verse 29. Now, now what have I done, said David? Can I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. You know, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. So David pretty much told his brother, what are you talking about? I was, you know, I think he was probably uh, thinking something along the lines of, hey, you want to see me, you know, you don't think I can do this here? Hold my tea, you know. He was getting ready to show, he was getting ready to show that he was going to stand for God. And uh, verse 32, David said to Saul, you know, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. David volunteered to go and fight this thing, this monster, this uh, enemy that the other Israelites were afraid of. Verse 33, Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. Saul didn't think David could do it. Saul thought David was just a little kid who had no experience in a fight, whereas Goliath had been fighting since he was old enough to handle weapons, you know? But, uh, you know, so, you know, like I said, Saul didn't think David could do it, that he wasn't a match for Goliath. Verse 34, But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the, land, from the hand of the Philistine. So David had something to say to Saul as well. He, you know, he was, he was like, "Hey, I've been able to kill lions and bears as a shepherd. You know, protect. You know, in protecting the flock, I've had to kill lions and bears. You know, and these beasts were even stronger than Goliath, and yet he was able to kill them. So he told Saul, "Hey, I can do this. Don't worry about me." And so Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Verse 38. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. You know, he put a coat of armor, uh, armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. Uh, you know, David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around, but he wasn't used to them. And uh, David said, I cannot, you know, I cannot go on these. Uh, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the string, put them in the pouch of a shepherd's bag, and with this sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. You know, David approached the giant exactly as he would of a lion or a bear, you know, taking five stones to be prepared for the fight. You know, 
is some people might wonder, well, why did he take five stones? Well, he didn't know that he didn't know that Goliath would be killed with the first shot, or he didn't know what would happen after he killed Goliath. So he was trying to prepare. You know, he was going into this battle fully prepared, just as he would. You know, trying to defend the flock of sheep from the lions or the bears. And uh, verse forty-one. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the, and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I will give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. You know, Uncle Lysol was a nice looking but insignificant nothing before him. You know, he cursed David and swore to kill him, you know, because he didn't think David was anything. He thought he was nothing, you know, and I'm sure he was probably, you know, I'm sure he probably laughed at him. And, uh, but verse 45, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And all those gathered here will know that there is not that it is not by the sword or the spirit that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. So David was there to fight for the honor of God, you know, to represent God. The world would then know that God lived in Israel and of his power. Israel was going to be delivered. And uh, David is saying that, hey, this not by the, they're going to know that it's not by the power of the sword or, or anything that we win this, but it is because God has this battle. It is by the power of God that we will win. Something very important we need to remember here. And verse 48. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank to his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. Uh, you know, so when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. The, then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron, which were Philistine cities. Their, their dead were strewn along the Sharam road to Gath and Ekron. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. And, you know, so, hey, when their champion was killed, the enemies of God lost their courage and ran. You know, God's people were able to rejoice and uh, in that victory. You know, they uh, plundered whatever was in the Philistine camp. Uh, you know, uh, so we see from reading this story of David, you know, David and Goliath, that, uh, you know, hey, sometimes we're called to fight. 
you know, David was called to do so physically as well as spiritually. You know, our fight can be different things. It can be uh, the attitudes of other people, or it can be just any kind of problem we have in this life of ours that, you know, we li because we live in this fallen world. The problem can be any can be anything absolutely anything you know and uh when we're when we fight these things people we are called to represent god and his ways and not the ways or wisdom of the world god wants us to stand and shine you know he doesn't want us to face our problems the way the world would he wants us to do things the way that he would have them, have them to be done it's like does your actions or is the way that you're going to handle your problem going to honor Christ? Excuse me. Is it going to benefit? How is it going to benefit people? You know, is it going to help you? Is it going to help your family? Is it going to help Jesus? If it's going to fail somebody in some way, then, then probably you might want to reconsider what you're going to do. Pray about it, you know. But uh, anyway, this is uh, this will conclude this edition of the Christian Bible Study Ministry podcast. But before I, but before we end this program, I want to say, people, you know, hey, if you're, you know, you cannot fight the fight without Jesus Christ. You cannot fight the fight and win without Jesus Christ. There's just no way, because. The reality is, if you don't have Jesus Christ, then you're fighting against Jesus Christ. Because you're not his child. Think about that. And so, right now, if you're feeling the Holy Spirit calling you to accept Jesus Christ, then all you have to do is just yield to Jesus. You don't have to say a special fancy prayer or something like that. God will communicate his truth to you by his Holy Spirit. All you have to do is just yield. Yield to the Holy Spirit and you will have Jesus Christ in your heart. Jesus was the only son of God. You know, he died for your sins. He paid the penalty. He paid the penalty, the price, the price that we could not pay to have eternal life he was the sacrifice for our sins no getting around it he was the one and only sacrifice so if you have not accepted jesus christ as your savior hey today's the day of salvation don't put it off if you're feeling the holy spirit telling you right now to accept christ all you have to do is yield. And I hope that is what you will do. And uh, until next time, this is the Christian Bible Study Ministry Podcast. And I hope you have been blessed. Amen. <laughs>